Hello, and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. My name is Julie Devlin, here with my esteemed <laughs> colleague, my friend, my co-host. Chaz Fields. Hey, Jules. Hi, We're back. Chaz. We are back. How yeah. are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot to share So uh, today, which will be a really good episode, at least I think so. So, Well, are, are we a little biased, Chaz? <laughs> <laughs> we have over 200 subconscious ones, right? You know, yeah. um, or unconscious ones. Anyways, uh, hey, Jules. Tell me something good. Oh, something good. Well, Chaz, you know, and I've mentioned on the podcast before how I'm a big sports card collector. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I have a lot of fun sports card things coming up. Um, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to hanging out with my friends from my sports card, uh, world, if you will. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so for me, my family just came into town. So, uh, sister, brother-in-law, nephew, they all just flew in, uh, to Dallas and I got to show them the lovely city of Dallas. Uh, oh. got to, they, you know, they come down every, every so often, but we really, really enjoy, um, having them here, but I, I just dropped them off at the airport. So good, right. Uh, good that they get to go home, but I really, really enjoyed spending time with them here. So well, that's yeah, awesome. that's what's going on. F- families important. That's for right, sure. Right. That's for sure. So um, let's do this business out of the day, Jules. Um, okay. so today's going to be awesome um, because we're a little bit different. So we uh, did some research with Accenture, uh, who's mm-hmm. a partner of ours, and they gave us a really great stat that more than 27 million people who want to work, but face who face barriers that keep them hidden from potential employers with, uh, you know, with those individuals trying to seek out jobs. So first thoughts, Jules. Hidden Chaz. Well, can you give us a little more on that? Great question. You didn't even point <laughs> that either, right? Uh, I did. Yeah. So, so, so the the hidden worker, like, like the stat says, it's, it's things that, uh, keep them from being seen maybe in the recruiting process oh, or where they yeah, are, yeah. right? So okay. so like for instance, um gaps in employment history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I definitely think it's a thing. Um and I think that uh you know things like gaps in employment history, things like uh short term employment that people have. I remember back when I was recruiting I would oftentimes look at someone's resume and look and see that they've been in a job for a year and then another job for a year and then another job for six months and then another job for two months. And you're like, Hmm, well, what's going on there? I think the question becomes, do we, can we still think that way in in what, in what kind of world that we live in now? And I think the answer is pretty clear. And that answer is no. (laughs) Right. Right. I think it's really interesting because there's, they, they broke this research out into, to several different categories. Right. And things like requiring a relocation, you know what I mean? That, Mm -hmm. that it's interesting that that's one of the things that are keeping people out, you know, um, to, to move to different locations or the hidden workers that are having a hard time finding those jobs, not necessarily disqualifying them. But I think today with remote work and how everything's, going outside of the jobs that do require you to go into office. That's a little bit different. Um, you know, but that I, I, it's just really interesting that these are some of the things that are struggling with, like, you know, there's health issues, physical, mental, neurodiversity challenges, history, of substance abuse. There's another one that's family care responsibilities. So those who are taking care of others, 
um, whether it's children or adults or elderly people. Um, one of the, one of the categories was disadvantaged backgrounds, Jules. So raised in a care home or had unemployed parents as caregivers. I found that one really interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess having, you know, raised in an environment, you're more prone to be like the environment that you were raised in. Right. I mean, I guess that's, mm. that's part of what that's saying or no, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you're asking about the research. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I thought you were asking me like, well, what's your opinion on that? I don't know. I, I, I don't want to go there. I lo- no. <laughs> I, just, just in case people thought that these podcasts were scripted, you now that, see that they're not. not. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to the show, y'all. We, welcome we, to we, our <laughs> life. Yeah. You're now um, in Chaz in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then one of the, like, like the one that, that really pops up is few formal uh, qualifications. So no school of school qualifications or below a certain level of degree. And we know that that one's getting crushed right now I know, I know. Um, in, in a lot of different ways because, you know, Hey, look with the, with the hiring shortage or labor participation shortage, whichever camp you yep. sit in, you know um, it's one of those things that you're like, okay, I know that we said this was supposed to be a four year degree plus six years of experience. And it's like, man, we just, we just need somebody. Right. Well, the best <laughs> the best ones are the ones that say, uh, you know, entry level, but you have to have five years of experience. What does that mean? <laughs> how me, is that, uh, that how was, is that a thing? <laughs> that was me applying for jobs out of out of college when yeah. the, the Great Recession hit in my lifetime. Our <laughs> entry lifetime, level, so. but you yeah. need to work for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just uh, uh, yeah. And I think that employers have gotten uh a little bit more in tune with that. You know, the sure. thing about the college degrees and I'm a little biased because I'm a college professor, but right. um, I think that college degrees are absolutely valuable, but I don't think that they are needed for every single job. And there, there are a uh, lot of jobs out there um, that require them that you can look at and say, eh, well, why, you know, um, sure. the state of Maryland, for example, uh, just removed their college degree requirement for state jobs. Uh, because of I the saw, I actually, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I saw that. And, it, and I think it's, I think it's a, a power play. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I think that's awesome. And one of the things that I was actually um, doing some work with a, a public sector um, customer of ours two weeks ago and just talking to him and I'm like, man, you know, I think generally speaking that there are a lot of places specifically in public sector that don't do a good job of marketing how great it actually is working in the public sector. Like Mm -hmm. they, they lay everything out for you. I mean, it is, it is as transparent and public record as can be. And I was like, man, you can market that in a lot of different ways to really get people through your doors. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I agree. So I guess we better talk about our topic today. What yeah, do you we'll think? About Jules, let's do it. Uh, I don't know. Chaz, what should we talk about today? How about <laughs> PTO, paid oh. time off? <laughs> Everybody's favorite topic, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially in this era of this... New world of work, Chaz. Throw a penny in the penny jar. Yeah, where's, throw, the, where's, <laughs> the, where's the clicker? Um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about what does leave look like today. So Julie, I want you to kick this off. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you going to get professor like on us? <laughs> I mean, I can because <laughs> yes, there there are three different types of PTO. Yeah. Generally, Ooh. there are generally yeah. three different types. You know, sure. you have your traditional PTO, which mm-hmm. of course you know they're your traditional two weeks or three weeks. Right. You have your unlimited PTO, which I know you and I. We have a lot to talk about with that. Right, right. And then you have the ever interesting P 
PTO banks mm-hmm. uh, and PTO sharing and that kind of thing. So I think that uh, it's important for us to talk about some of the pros and cons of these things. Uh, would you, you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So I think about from a perspe- perspective, let's, let's take a step back and we think about what does leave look like today, right? Yeah. What does leave look like today where we, we've, flip the world upside down for the last two years, whatever, whatever you want to think about that. But I think what's interesting about the, the PTO payouts, if you will, I think they're really great. And some States do require it, but I also think from a a logistics and perspective of people who actually process the payrolls and do that, I mean, it's a nightmare, right? It's a nightmare. So there are some States that require a, a check for the pay, the moment that person quits or is let go, that they require a check. So if your PTO payout policy for same day is required to give them that, I mean, I, I, that's stressful. Like yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's stressful. stressful. It's stressful for, for payroll for sure. It's an administrative burden, I would right. say. Um, but that right. doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we can really do anything about it if it's the law. Um, so, you know, what, what can HR do? Well, I mean, for sure, HR can make sure that all of the data is correct and that the systems that they're using have the capability to pay out the way that they need to pay out. I think Mm -hmm. that's number one. Um, and when I say HR, I mean payroll. I do not mean to, uh, not, uh, include my friends in payroll because HR and payroll, they're, they're kindred spirits. Um, But yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, I think that, you know, there's different pros and cons for those three things. I mean, when we're talking about an administrative burden, you know, I think also of thinking of those PTO banks, like I was, like I mentioned earlier, um, I, I, I've had experience with PTO banks from an administrative perspective and it's an absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Well, at least for me, it was um, just because you get into you get into a, a, a point where you have <laughs> who's going to, you know, sort of donate PTO leave to their friends. We had PTO donation um, and then you got into a matter of fairness with that. Um you know, you got to, how do you, yeah. how do you define fairness with, with well, with, exactly, oh, exactly. Man. So, so, you know, I had to, it was one of those things where I, I had the policy in place, but then I had to actually remove it, which ne- is never a good thing because it feels like you're taking something away from employees, which in some ways you are. Um, but I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't keep it up. Yeah. When we had these issues of fairness Um, and, you know, you'd have good friends giving 80 hours of leave, you know, even if I capped it at a certain number of what folks were allowed to give, Mm -hmm. you would still have people, you would have coworkers who would say, oh, I really need leave. And then people wouldn't give it. And then that would would make them feel bad. You know what I mean? There's a lot to it. Yeah, um, like if I share with you, but you somehow don't share with me. If yep. I plan, if I planned out my year and yep. and had some time, or you know, or hey, so and so, so and so shared. Why aren't you letting me share? I mean, golly, Julie, that to yeah. me that's a con. Like, I guess are there the pros are are if 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 people are. I get. I don't want to say adult enough, if you will, but you get what I'm saying. Like, hey, you know, yeah let's draw a line here. I share with you. There's no expectation of you someday sharing back with me. I genuinely just want to do it for the good of, of you enjoying time because you ran out for whatever reason. 
awesome. Like if you have a, a workforce that's willing to do that, but I, I, I guess I don't understand. Is there benefit in having PTO banks outside of that? I don't know. I'd have to think. Well, about the, I mean, the benefit is just allowing people that don't have the PTO, but need to take yeah, PTO for emergency right. reasons, Whatever. the flexibility. Yeah. I know yeah. that with FMLA leave, obviously it's unpaid leave, but uh, we would have people donate FMLA or uh, donate leave time so they did, yeah. So, so they, so they could get, so they yeah. could get paid, right? I think but, that's awesome. Yeah. But again, where does it stop? How much leave are you allowed to get from a donation? Yeah. How much yeah. leave are you allowed to give? Um, yeah. How do we track that? How do we yeah. track how much leave X employee gave last year versus what they're giving this year? And what if they run out of time yeah. from leave that they've given? Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. see. If they had an emergency, there's a million different things to to think about with it, which is why I had to get rid of the policy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, shout out to our payroll people for yeah. for making it happen. You know, for for your sanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. So uh, I, I also think let's talk let's talk a little bit about unlimited vacation versus not. So you know, obviously here at UKG we have unlimited PTO, mm-hmm. um, and it and it's really great. Like it's really really great. However, I have worked for a company that it was not that way. So it was, it was traditional, um, use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you got your standard accruals and all of this. Well, I used to work in a job that I was really bad at setting boundaries for myself or planning or scheduling what PTO would be. Right. And even yeah. when I took PTO and we'll get into this a little bit later, but even when I took PTO, um, in a, in a form with a former employer, I just worked the whole time. So there was no like refresh. There was no, Hey, let me hand stuff off. And don't get me wrong. Like the job still got done when I was on PTO amongst colleagues as much as they could, but everyone worked nonstop. So do you, do I even call it leave? I was just working in a different location. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that that lends itself to a whole other discussion. Right. Um, I know that unlimited PTO, there's been a lot of studies done on that. And, you know, when when you hear unlimited PTO, it, it seems like a free for all. And it's not like that. No. Um, it's important for people to remember, you know, if you do implement the policy, um, you know, it's not that your employees are just going to take off rampant, you know, rampantly right. without asking. Um, you still have to get approvals and everything like that. It actually helps ease the administrative burden a little bit because traditionally with unlimited PTO, you're not getting a payout at the end Mm. of employment. Um, So that's helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some situations where employees will see that as a negative because Mm -hmm. they'll get to the end of their employment and think that they're going to get two weeks because somehow within our collective minds, we have we have uh, thought as people a few things. One that we're that we should get a payout whenever we leave a job, yeah. and two that we're guaranteed to have leave time. Right. So in some, in most jurisdictions, in most states, it's not a mandate. And obviously, no. in some, it is. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I recall having those conversations with people uh, when when yeah. I was a practitioner. Yeah, it begs a question: like if people are questioning how to implement or 
to think about changing this up, right? Feel free to reach out to Julie or I. We can have some of these discussions because mm-hmm. there's there's broader and greater impact other than, hey, we're just going to change up and flip to unlimited PTO or, hey, we're getting rid of banks and we're just going yep. back to a traditional. And hear us. We're not saying that any of them are right, wrong, or indifferent. That's that's not what we're doing. I do think we have to start challenging it a little bit more. You know, when you when you Google and you think, man, how do I attract people? I sell, I sell tons of ads where it's like, make your leave policy attractive. And I'm just like, how? (laughs) Okay, great. But not everyone thinks the same way about leave. And that, that just really sparked my interest to say, you know, what is it? What is attractive leave policy in today? Which brings me to our, our, our next point here, Jules. So when I did some research on this, pretty quickly. And when I say research, I did some Googling. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came up for almost everything when I did paid leave or leave just in general was maternity leave. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that, and then it came with the subtopic of paternity leave and it wasn't like, I thought for sure it would come up like companies that offer unlimited PTO or no, it was best companies for maternity leave and paternity leave. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of a tough one, right? Like this is kind of a tough one as, as we move forward and evolve as a society. I, and for me, I saw things in the States that some companies offered six months of paid maternity leave. Some offered none, which is incredibly frustrating, you know, and, and infuriating to me. Um, and what I also looked at is paternity leave, right? Mm-hmm. Finger quotes. Um, paternity leave wasn't even really a thing until 2002. Wow. Right? Which sets a completely different precedent. I could tell you. Well, what it's I, I a could completely tell you what I different conversation that. about, right. about ro- roles of in society and whatnot yeah. that have completely been smashed uh, mm-hmm. over the, as the years have gone on. But it, it makes sense to me that it was around 2002, you know, sure. as, as we've gotten more progressive as a society in terms of gender roles. Um, I think that, uh, you know, leave laws and leave, um, Mm-hmm. policies have also gotten more mm-hmm. progressive. Um, that's not mm-hmm. to say that it's equal in any way right. at this, at this point. Right. Right. I think about too, for, for moms and, and dads or people in the workplace that have, have children, you know, how I I'll tell you this, like, it was huge for me knowing that I had paternity leave here at UKG. So we had a lot of time with our son. Now, Lindsay and I were both ready to get back to work when it was time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but for, for some, like, didn't you look up some stats like in the UK? Yeah, I did. I did. I also, I also, I also teach this in, in my uh, HR for nonprofit public organizations. You know, we talk about um, the, the different types of leave and, you know, us, we have nothing that's mandated. Obviously there's FMLA, but that's unpaid leave. So, but just compare that, for example, to Sweden, Mm -hmm. Sweden has maternity leave of 480 days and folks get paid 80% of their salary for up to 390 of those days. And that's, and that's maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And the paternity leave is the same thing, except they get 80% of their salary for up to 90 days. So, I mean, obviously we're talking differences in terms of, um, I don't know, uh, culture and, and, right, and, right. and taxes and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, social government I, structure. In yeah, general. yeah. 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 I, I, I get that. I get that. But the point is, you know, we are one of the only nations, um, at, in the, uh, the United States, um, that doesn't have any kind of mandated paid 
maternity or paternity leave. Yeah. I mean, another example, um, even places like Bulgaria, they, they get um, maternity leave 410 days, and then they get paid 90% of their salary. But here's something that I found really, really interesting about this country. Only uh, paternity leave is only 15 days. Man. So 410 for the, the maternity, wow. only 15 days for the paternity. So That's hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And what kind of what kind of precedent are you setting with something like that? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's six and a half does another. We're not saying what's right, wrong, or indifferent. The bottom line is we can take a look at our, our policies here in the United States. And what I will say, um, and our colleague Karina talks a lot about working moms in, in the workplace and what that what that means. And that's a that's a huge factor. I think that's a that's a that's a really large factor. You know, we lost a ton of working moms when COVID hit because they felt their stats out there. You can you can look them up, but there were stats out there where the, a ton of the workforce of working moms left. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we get them back to work because they felt their responsibility was at home? And and I really do think it it, it needs to be a choice versus. Hey, you have to do this. You know, right. that's, that's really, really unfortunate. So, um, okay. Now that let's, let's get to the last point. We're getting long today, Jules. Yeah, we, no. we could, we we could, could talk about this. PTO forever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he, here's, what's really interesting about all of this is really how does tech, um, impact PTO and more importantly, the culture side. So what, what I found just in general and working with a lot of companies, and I know you feel the same way, Julie, that, that tech is a major, major component of the success or demise of accurate scheduling and, and making sure that people are actually working when you need them to work and, and coverage. So I'll yeah. give an instance. I was working with a company that, um, you know, they, an employee was having some health issues, their family was having health issues. And I thought that it was really cool that they were using shift swapping technology to to drop a shift, right? And then have someone else pick that up, right? And mm-hmm. and a manager didn't have to do anything. You know, the tech did its thing, right? And I thought that was really cool because me as a manager, three conversations you get to have. You get to call the individual, say, Hey, how how how's your family doing? How are you doing? What's going on? Hey, take some extra time if you need it. If you want me to go ahead and auto-approve some PTO. Like, think about the impact that that has. The next one is, hey, you know what, Julie, thanks for picking up that shift, right? Thanks for picking up that shift and making sure that so-and-so could take care of their family. Hey, I also noticed that you're working a lot of overtime hours. Is there anything I need to be aware of? I don't want you to get burnt out. I don't want you to leave because you feel obligated to do this, right? And then I, as the manager, get to have the conversation one level up to say, hey, here's what's going on. Can you reach out to these individuals and just say thanks and and show that you care, right? Yeah. And and tech enables that. But what I will say, Julie, is that if we aren't empowering or encouraging people to take time off, like we can't, we as leaders in business can't expect, you know, our attrition rates to be super, super low. Right. right. And, and we yeah. also have to look as leaders to make sure we're taking time off ourselves. Right. Right. So, <laughs> Guilty. so yeah. Guilty. Yeah. So, so I, I'd love to hear like, what, how do we teach people? How do we teach people that you need to take time? You know, off? there are companies now that mandate taking yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend whose company mandates that I have a friend whose company shuts down for a full mm-hmm. week during the year. 
completely mm-hmm. shuts down and says, you all have to take this time off because people yeah. work, you know, that is our culture in America. And that yeah. is not the same way around the world. And that's right. why sometimes when you have folks that come here to work from other countries, they're in for a little bit of a culture shock. Sure. Um, you know, these people work all the time. Well, yeah, we do. It's our work culture. Um, it's yeah. how we many, it's how many of us were raised. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that as the younger generations are coming up, they're recognizing the importance of more work life balance. So they're sure. able to, you know, take that time off without feeling like they're slacking. Right. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, when it just briefly, when it comes back to tech, I think you mentioned a word you said empower. I think it's great when employees feel empowered to make their own choices and to take care of their own issues when it comes to taking PTO, it makes it easier. Are we making it easy for employees to to take time off and not feel like they're burdening the employer or not feel like they're going to lose their job because the work's not getting done or something like that. So, right. No, that's awesome. It it, it really, when I, when I think about teaching it, it, it does go back to culture and culture is broad and it's, it's hard to really define sometimes, but I think, the critical piece is also teaching boundary setting right in that to say, you know, and that's where I get to the, to the empowerment piece. Like I want a culture that says, you know, Hey, we're shutting down for a week. Don't come into work, you know, whatever it is. Or I want a culture that says, Hey, if you need time off because you say you need time off and you're getting ready to lose it, no questions asked go. Right. And, and, and that to me helps reinforce my boundary and, and mental capacity to say, you know what? The company really does care about me taking that time. It was auto approved or it was, I had two managers reach out to me and say, Hey, please take extra time, whatever it is. And that I think is going to really drive up retention rates too. And, and I'll be honest, Julie, people are going to go tell me, man, you wouldn't believe what this company did for me. You oh know? yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh it's great. God. It's it's a great, uh, great for employer branding. So. Yeah, it really is. Okay. So Jules, today we found our purpose in what? Go. We found our purpose in recognizing there are three types of leave, traditional PTO banks and unlimited. And I will say this, you know, we, we had identified three types of leave. You may have hybrids of those things. Yep. That's um, right. So I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that we found our purpose and also not limiting to those things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, today I learned that it's okay to challenge your policy. I would bet that most of you haven't changed your PTO policy in years, maybe even <laughs> decades. Um, but what I will say is culture really does impact the well-being of your people. And one of those pillars is PTO. So I would challenge you to take a look at that and just put a vibe out there in front of your people and say, Hey, is this good? Is this not? So um, with that, Jules, a few reminders before we leave, don't forget to like, and subscribe and use the hashtag people purpose pod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the workforce Institute at UKG by visiting the workforce Institute.org. Jules, that is it. Yes. I'm going to go take some time off, Chaz. <laughs> yeah, cheers y'all. <laughs> Bye.